one of us had better do an intro. I can do the intro if you want. We're recording now? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I mean, this part's probably all gonna get cut, because I mean, it's just us being like, we want to talk about, we're talk about video games. Well, this is where we threaten to kill high-ranking high members I, of the Republican Party. I have information that will put Hillary Clinton in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! This is where we tell we we tell each other the truths about Syria we've learned <laughs> during the week. Yeah. Did you see the thing where Peter Solar tried to snitch on somebody for having an unlicensed anime avatar? What? You're kidding. He, he me. added Funimation. Oh my God! It was like, sir, I am a leftist anarchist, and this person oh. has an illegal avatar. <sighs> All right, let's move on. It rules. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, we're done. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Video Games Are Okay, Maybe? Our premium maybe. episode. Yes, maybe. Premium episode where we talk about the video games we've been enjoying over the past weeks or months. So, uh, we've got a bunch of different games to cover. I think we'll just go hop straight into it. Reese, what horrific game have you been violating yourself with today? The horrific game I have been violating myself with, I've been spending way too much time playing, is Final Fantasy XIV. The new expansion is out. Shadowbringers is here. One brings shadow, the other brings light. There's a whole bunch of other lyrics to the theme song I don't remember. And uh, it's honestly, the expansion is really good. It's amazing music across the board in Final Fantasy fourteen, As you would expect. They added a lot of fun, interesting things, but it is still an MMO. Mm. And there is nothing about an MMO <laughs> that is good. <laughs> I would agree. I guess as a little aside here, I don't want to get too deep into it, but... Uh, I tried to play Elder Scrolls Online for like a couple days and just was like, man, this fucking sucks. <laughs> and I quit. I did a free trial of Elder Scrolls Online and I'm just like, oh, it's all the stuff that I'm bored by in Elder Scrolls with without the ability to mod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I immediately uninstalled pretty much after like an hour. Yeah. I would say even if you don't like MMOs, it's worth listening to the soundtrack of okay. Final Fantasy fourteen because there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of cool boss battles. Um, but the thing I'm bumping up to now that I'm getting in kind of to the end game a little bit, and the only thing left is to like go back and grind up other classes or do kind of like the side activities, uh, like crafting or fishing, all that kind of like JRPC stuff. Or I could get involved with in-game raiding stuff that involves the player base. Mm. In Final Fantasy XIV's defense, it's a lot better than any other MMO I've ever played. Mm -hmm. But it has that weeb flavor. (laughs) Yeah, weebs are a lot like sharks in that they can detect like a drop of 500-year-old dragon girl like from miles away. Now we're getting to the main thing. I wanted to just drop on the pod. Right before Shadowbringers came out, they released like a big letter of their thinking of why they added stuff and why they didn't. Healers are difficult to balance. That's why you didn't get a new healer class, etc. And right there at the end, just like a couple sentences, they're like, by the way, 
apparently it's been requested enough for us to mention this in our uh, live letter. Mm-hmm. We are not going to be adding underage versions of the races in the game. Oh. Because fucked up pedophiles might use them to be fucked up pedophiles about it. Jesus. And I have never seen some... <laughs> Like in in a game that I play, and like a, a game as huge as Final Fantasy fourteen, which is insanely insanely profitable and popular, right. so them just having to be like, "All right, all right, pals, we're not gonna do this." <laughs> there will be no four thousand year old dragon girls, and uh, that is that's the downside: is the players and the grinding, <laughs> etc. I I do enjoy it a lot, but it's it. It makes it tough to recommend uh, mm. to to other people if you don't have the MMO broke brain, um, and you already know whether or not you do. I think I saw somebody in the Chapo uh, Discord complaining about how their free company was like full of chuds. I believe that was Final Fantasy fourteen. Is that what they call guilds? Free companies? That is what they call guilds. Uh, I am blessed in that I found a free company that's good, which is it's even more surprising that it's one of the something awful free companies. Mm-hmm. But the the free company had a big struggle session because everybody <laughs> in the guild itself was chanting all cops are bastards Damn. and the leader had to be like, we're not changing our guild tag to ACAB, like, you know, <laughs> like a five-letter tag. We're not going to talk about this. We're not going to champ all cops or bastards. And everybody was just being like, oh, all right, we'll stop talking about it because we're all friends here. But <laughs> and it, it, it's funny to me that the two things that have started the biggest riots are like spoilers of the like main story quest in day two. Uh-huh. And the hatred of cops within the company itself. Oh, man. So they have like a politics channel in the free company Discord. Mm-hmm. It's all like pretty good dunking on liberals and chuds, etc. So to not trash the game too much, because I do enjoy a lot of it. It is, if you can find good people to play it with, like friend of the show, Nines, I've been talking a lot to him about Final Fantasy fourteen, and it's an enjoyable experience. Like if you can find good people to play with, it really uh, raises the experience. But if you just like just go in solo and just in- encounter the randos, it can really be hit or miss. Okay. That sounds like fun. I'm never going to play it, though, because... Every single MMO, I swear to God, I like play it for a couple hours and then bounce off of it because I'm bored as shit. Final Fantasy XIV, um, until you get to like really the end game stuff too, is just like literally a visual novel. It is seventy five percent cutscenes, okay, and then like twenty five percent, you know, doing like an interesting dungeon or a single boss challenge. But the first. I would say like third, you know, quarter to a third of the game is the base game before they really kind of, you know, got a bigger budget and they were like recovering from the disastrous like launch and they had to like redo the entire game. Oh, really? And it's not, it's not bad compared to a lot of MMOs, but it's just, a, you're just slogging through so much to get to what I would call the good stuff. And I know a lot mm. of people are going to be mad that I called the base game to have like a not that great story, but it's not that great compared to like Shadowbringers is like defying a lot of expectations that you would expect from a JRPG. It's truly compelling. And a lot of people 
like in the community, they said that they haven't felt like this about a Final Fantasy since, you know, nine or 10, since the PS1 era. Um, and that is a very, very common refrain. And I would say that that is entirely accurate. You just have to wade through a hundred plus hours of just like reading about fetching dinner ingredients to get there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, listen to the soundtrack. Skip the game because it's an MMO. That is the advice of the pod. Unless you like MMOs, in which case play it, but also find a free company that is willing to chant fuck all cops, which I think is very dope. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Let's get into a real game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to talk about Hat and Time for a little bit, and I'm not going to be too lengthy on it. So if you don't know, Hat and Time was a Kickstarter project, an actual good Kickstarter project that was very heavily inspired by games like Banjo-Kazooie and I guess those kind of 3D platformer collectathon games. And it's really, really good. I enjoy it a lot. I have heard it mentioned, like, this this came out around the same time as Yooka and like everybody was like don't play ukulele play hat in time because that's actually the good true honoring banjo kazooie and i thought ukulele was very bad so i'm very curious to play hat in time yeah hat in time i've been really enjoying it so it starts it off the first world is like very easy as you would expect and i say the one thing that i was kind of frustrated by is that in the first world there's like all these different places you can't go until you get the later abilities for your hats you unlock hats in the game with different wool or yarn that so you can make like you start off with a default hat that like shows you where your next objective is and then you get an upgrade you get a new hat that's like a a sprinted hat and they're all different and they're all very cute and in the first world it was kind of annoying that there's a bunch of stuff you can't get to without some of the later hats that you don't unlock until you do the diff- later chapters in the game which, speaking of, reminds me that I have to go back and actually play a mission now that I've got the right hat for it. Oh, fuck. What do I want to talk about this game? It's very cute. I don't, that could be a strong point or a negative, depending on, your, uh, depending on your views on cute. Cute is a strong point. Uh, I would like to say, fuck you if you disagree to anybody out there. <laughs> right. And it does also have this really, really... The writing is also surprisingly good. I very much enjoy the characters that you interact with. They're all suitably wacky. Uh, the one character I do fucking hate because of his awful voice is the conductor, who is just like this constantly screaming, like the worst possible Scottish accent imaginable. And he's just like full blast all the time. Just, ugh. That I could do without. Oh, also, I could do without there being a fucking voice line from John Tron. Ugh. Yeah. So he gets he gets a little cameo in the game. Can we mod that out? Is that out there? Uh, I hope so. That would be fucking good if it was. Because I don't really want to listen to him being like, oh, I can't go in there. <laughs> you don't have the right genotype. I was like, like, literally the only thing in his game is, like, he doesn't want to let you into the the bird movie studio because you're not a bird. So, even racist in this game. So, just to uh, kind of break it down, um, this is kind of like you're doing, like, platforming, mm-hmm. kind of more Mario 64 style, um, and you have the abilities that your hats get you. Yep. Like, you, you 
And so is it like you have to put on different hats for different abilities or does your hat just like grow and mutate and become more powerful as you get each ability? It has a little bit of both. So it doesn't, it, the, vis, the mental image of your hat mutating on your head into a larger hat is very funny. But what, <laughs> what it is, is that there are different hats that you have to craft with the, the yarn that you collect in the world. So you need like special kinds of yarn to make different uh, hats. So you can't make a, you can't make like a sprint hat unless you have some of the sprinting hat yarn. But you only need one of them, and then you can just collect the the rest of the yarn, and it adds to like a big pool of yarn that you have. Uh, and like each hat is like its own individual ability. And the way it has like an upgrade system, where you can add pins to your hat. So you like pick three pins, and they apply to all your different hats. So it's like faster cooldown, an umbrella that stops you from like splattering on the ground if you drop too far. Just like real umbrellas. Yes. Absolutely. There's this one moment I wanted to share in the game where you're, you're doing, it's one of these warp worlds or like bonus levels. You go down into the, like this basement and interact with a book and it says it's a large heavy book titled Proof of Ethical Consumption Under Capitalism. And then you continue and it's like the next one is the pages are all blank. <laughs> Excellent. So... You know, to make up for the fact that they have a literal white supremacist in their video game, uh, they do have that joke, which I think is very good. A woke game with a white supremacist? Insert DSA joke here. <laughs> oh, I didn't know there was a game about Chapo Trap House. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> got him! <laughs> I have evidence from Virgil Texas underscore real <laughs> that proves that they're all anti-Semites. Oh no, Matt Chrisman underscore real. I don't know if we want to get into that drama, but it's just like <laughs> Matt Chrisman getting canceled for like using every single conspiracy theory in like one tweet. I forget. I don't remember what it was, but Matt Chrisman was on some podcast talking about how anti-Semitism is so pervasive that it it just insinuates its way into every conspiracy theory. So it's mm-hmm. just like the idea that you can you can't mention anything because everything is anti-Semitic because the racists put it put it in everything is such like stupid circular logic that you're using it. You know, it's the the tail is wagging the dog on your agenda. Like I, I I'm not here to defend Chapel Trap House, but it's it you you hear it again and again if you're broke brains on Twitter like us so just like trying to cancel them <laughs> oh it's constant that's all getting cut <laughs> Good. we're never getting canceled i'm entrusting reese to edit this <laughs> podcast we will never be canceled i've never been canceled before uh we may have been canceled once but that person is very interested in 500 year old dragon girls so they don't count <laughs> Well, we got canceled another time, but it was only one person, and we could delete that YouTube comment, so that's like it didn't even exist. Hell yeah. Exactly. Just using the magic eraser, like the one that Stalin used to get all his pals out of those photographs. Anyway, this is boring. I think I'm done talking about it. It has co-op, so at some point we should try and play it together. It's just that you are so much further than me, and I'm a little babby. And you would have to, like, shepherd me through the initial hats and just being just like, make the jump, Reese, get the yarn, put it in your yarn pool so we could go get the next one so we can get the part where I'm at. 
That's typically which is what, which is what playing with Alton is like, where he just he just yells at me constantly to hurry up because I'm not I haven't I'm not there to to touch the next piece of loot. <laughs> I mean, in an exaggerated kind of way, that is a bit like what playing with me is like. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the way it, re- it really is playing is that we're very conscientious to each other until an item drops, and then my <laughs> my ancient late thirties hand eye coordination like stumbles over towards the shiny glowy, and you, <laughs> while the sonic boom of you running towards the item at full blast like echoes around me, and then you say, ah, "I don't need it." <laughs> and I just drop it in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's true. Working on getting better about it, but man, it's difficult to fight those treat instincts when you, you just, you're born born to just get treats. I'm not saying it's a bad it's a bad instinct at all. Um I think it is a good instinct to have cultivated. If you ever play with like a ran- half half the play or choose to play with a rando, Right. Like you need to have those survival instincts to cut them off of any joy of playing. <laughs> exactly, because they cannot be relied upon. All right. Speaking of, I guess taking all of Reese's treats and doling them out as I see fit. Lost Castle, which is a very fun roguelite that we've been playing together. We've been playing it a little bit with Higgins, which has been fun playing it three player. It has up to four player co op, which is like. I've wanted to play a four-player co-op with this game for so long, but I keep buying it for people and they don't ever play it again, which is just, like, nuts. It's a good game. Um, I I really enjoy it. It's that kind of, like, brawling progression. Um, You know, I think that it's it's referencing Castle Crashers most specifically. Um, There's five levels that you go through that are harder and harder, and there's stats and weapon and armor, all that video game shit. Um, And then you can spend the currency that you get at the end to empower your character. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's it's kind of enjoyable before we play anything else. um, We kind of do a Lost Castle run. it's, it's fun. It's a good game. You know, I haven't heard anybody other than Alton talking about it, and I think it's it's really like a one of those undiscovered gems. Yeah, I agree. It's it's really surprising. Like nobody but me and the half a dozen people I've already bought the game for play it, uh, and even most of those people don't play it either. But we have managed to bully Higgins into playing it with us. So thank you, Higgins, for playing a game with us. Shout out to Higgins yeah. for playing a video game with us. Uh, uh, even though we are absolutely repulsive people. True. Here's the thing. I really like Lost Castle. I think it's very fun. I do not think it's as good as another game that we've played before called Rampage Nights. Rampage Nights was pretty good, yeah, but we kind of Blasted did everything in Rampage yeah. Nights. If I, and there, was, there was another one of those games that we tried to play, and I think it just kept crashing on me. Eh, Lost Castle is better. Every time you beat a boss, like more a greater and greater variety of weapons and armor appear in the castle. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty fun, kind of like creating your build on the fly. You're just like, oh, I got a cool staff, you know, and here's some spell armor. So I guess I'll be the spell guy this game and trying mm-hmm. to you know, compliment Alton. It's an interesting, like constantly making decisions. And then every time that chest drops, we both 
rush towards Dash it. towards it as hard as we can, tapping B <laughs> at a breakneck space to just to make sure all the apples and bananas and boomerangs <laughs> go in our pocket. Yeah. Oh, man. Here's the thing. Like, I definitely recommend that people check out Rampage Knights and Lost Castle. The limitation with Rampage Knights is that it's it's more content limited. Like, you can blast through it pretty quickly. Like, there's no real... I don't think there's really character progression. There's just... You can unlock different classes that play slightly differently. But it's much more a true brawler in that sense, that it doesn't really have, like, as many roguelike elements. Uh, it, But it's really, really fun. And I think the humor in Rampage Knights is, like, extremely funny. The, the fact that in one of the potions in Rampage Knights is like makes you have an ass for a head. Which doesn't like do anything, but it still looks funny. Slipping on the banana peels in Lost Castle is one of the funniest like little video games. I don't even know why, but just every time it happens. Even first time we were playing with Higgins, he was laughing his ass off about it. Yeah. Um, so Lost Castle is still, it's, it's pretty good. It's got a fart potion. <laughs> it's it's not slouching. It's not slouchy. It's I would say, like I said, it's just like in comparison to Rampage Knights. I do like Rampage Knights like a lot, um, but it has like the limitation that it's only like two player co op. I wanted to play it with like so many more people, and so I, I was looking around, and that's how I found Lost Castle. It's like a very similar looking game that gives you four player co op. What I like about Lost Castle and playing it with more people is that it really ups the difficulty and the amount of enemies on screen. Yeah, it gets So I can only nuts. imagine with four players, it's just going to be like a prison riot <laughs> in every screen that we go into, just fireballs and spears and shit. It's really cool. Um, it's It definitely has an indie. It's in, You know, it's a small game, but mm-hmm. uh, I think you, you love to see when a small game really kind of knocks it out of the park like this. Absolutely. And so that's uh, Lost Castle and I guess Rampage Knights too, but we haven't played that in ages. And let's see, what's next on the agenda? I'll do Void Bastards and then you can kind of close us out. Void Bastards. What is a, a bastard of the void, Reese? Void Bastards is an FPS game, and it's got a cool style where the entire game kind of has this matte 50s sci-fi comic book feel, and then they manage to translate that really well, kind of first-person shooter elements. And the way the game is structured is that you are a prisoner who has been rehydrated, and you have to go find all these parts to fix a prison ship. Every time that your prisoner dies, you know, they rehydrate another one. So it's got those kind of roguelike elements. And the the structure of the game is kind of like FTL, where you have that like spaceship screen and you're going from like point to point and events happen. But every point that you go to is a ship that you basically have to clear out of weapons or ammo. And it depends on which ship you go to what different kind of parts that you can find and what kind of enemies you can encounter and changes your strategy. And sometimes you go to the ship and the power's off. So you have to go to turn the power on first. And it's these like interesting little encounters. And what I like so much about it is the way of those, like those bite-sized variety gameplay moments where I sometimes I just boot void bastards up when I only have like 15 minutes to spare before I have to go to the storage facility or something. And it's nice to be able to clear out the, uh, the hospital ship because my character is like low on health and 
sometimes, you know, just die immediately before I can get to the healing surgery area. I will say, though, it's tough to recommend because after a little while, the actual fighting just doesn't quite live up to all the cool kind of like weapons and weird stuff that they give you. It just feels like you only have so many options to deal with each specific thing. And either you're just like massively underpowered or overpowered. And I feel like the choices feel more interesting kind of like to make than they actually impact. If that makes any sense, like you, you look at it and you're like, oh, this is cool. They have this poison thing that they won't notice, or I can bring this electricity thing that's going to stun them. But it, it doesn't matter. They're just going to run at you screaming and the shotgun weapon is going to be the best. Maybe that's a testament to me playing the game incorrectly, but it's the one thing I found has kept me from playing it over the past week. But I still think it's it's pretty good. Microsoft announced their Xbox for Game Pass for PC, you can get it for a month for a dollar. And I've been able mm. to play Void Bastards and Slay the Spire, which I really enjoyed through that. Oh, yeah. Slay the Spire is pretty good. Slay the Spire is excellent. Uh, I believe you talked about it last time, and I don't have uh, anything particularly new to add other than, than the green Huntress person is uh, bullshit mm. and a lot harder to use, and I don't like it. Yeah, the orb guy is definitely the easiest. IMHO. Yeah, I obliterated it with the orb guy. Um, and I think I feel like I could do kind of just standard warrior guy, but I don't know how to make headway past Act 2 with the Huntress. Poison. Lots of poison. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds about right. But that's Void Bastards. I mean, it, it looks really cool and how they managed to translate the the comic book style to the to a first-person shooter, it feels totally original um, and worth checking out just for that alone. Well, I mean, I looked at it and I thought, man, this looks like a shooting game, but bad. <laughs> just from like my initial impressions, just looking at the shooting mechanics, this is the game I'm thinking of. It's like very like 2D, almost old-school Doom, where it's like on a single like plane, right? That's what I mean, is that the, the shooting itself is not amazing after a while, because mm. you only have so much that you can do. And I would say Doom is really good, because the arenas and the, the weapons are really built for that kind right, right, of... Right. That that circular battle, like you and and you have like and uh, all yeah. the levels are amazingly well designed. I should have said more like Wolfenstein 3D. In comparison to Void Bastards, the ship design is cool in the sense that it, it's got an interesting story behind it. Like each little area, like there's the hotel ship and the way that the hotel ship is lined up and the stories they tell with environmental storytelling are interesting, but it just does not gel well with the combat at all. It's not actually fun after a while to fight the really hard dudes. And I feel like it's not interesting to play the sneak hide run game with them either. So that's kind of where you, you run up. So you're not wrong. I, I think I'll probably stick to Redneck Rampage. It is also a rogue light first person shooter that has very like twitchy combat. I enjoyed Redneck Rampage, but um, you know, it it's one of those that kind of fell to the white side when I forget about it. But I maybe I should reinstall it, pick it back up. For me anyway, like it's best to do it like when you're doing something else, like you're listening to a podcast or you're like in a phone call with somebody. 
Because then mm-hmm. it's just like uh, maybe it's just the way my brain works, but it just it's it, it's something you can do to divide your focus on something, so you're not getting extremely bored by not having constant stimulation. Uh, that's what you're playing right now as we podcast, yes, aren't you? Exactly. Anyway, let's go. What's the next topic? I guess we're wrapping things up here. I'm weak, and I bought Earth Defense Force Five pretty much on EDF. release. EDF. Yeah, and I've played like the first three or four levels, and I gotta say, I'm really enjoying it so far. I mean, it is very similar to the old one, but I think that they've put a lot more effort into this one in some (laughs) regards. Like, the whole first couple levels are all like uh, tutorial missions. They do more things like characters talking to you with just laughably bad voice acting, which I think is great. They've changed the mechanics... To make it less grindy. So now when you pick up armor, a portion of that armor gets distributed to all the other classes as well. So you don't have to have the issue where like you have one class you're pretty much stuck to. Uh, same deal with like uh, weapon pickups. So you'll get some weapons for the classes you're not even playing. And uh, I think that's really dope. Also, if you get it solved the issue where you like get the same weapon over and over again. It now, when you get the same weapon, it upgrades that weapon. So the stats on it go up. This all sounds great. Yeah, it's definitely a step up. The the, the most frustrating thing about EDF4 is how segregated the different classes, even and different difficulties are. Yeah. Like you grind all this stuff at high level, and then you come in with a friend, and it's just like, oh, you you can't use anything, and you mm-hmm. know, or you just have to play the fencer or just get garbage. And we put, I personally have put like 30 hours into EDF4, and it just, every time it feels like we're just playing the first third of the game because it's it's too hard to go past that, but like an absurd, difficult, the labyrinthine grind to get past it. It looks like they're trying to address it because they've gotten things like, they gave vehicles and weapons to the uh, to the ranger class who didn't have that stuff to before. Well, they had weapons. I, I misspoke. I said sprinting, sprinting in vehicles to the ranger class, and now like the the vehicles and the sprint has like a little cone around it where it can pick up items. So now you have like basically something you can do like at the end of a match to go around and pick up weapons much more quickly, which I think is very very good that they've included that. Excellent. So I guess you could go check that out. The one shitty thing about it is that they've gone up from $40 to a full-price game, 60 I mean, I really do like the improvements that they've made, but I don't think it merits a full, like a full $60. This is not revolutionary. It's iterative. And I think they could have kept it at $40 and everyone would have been way happier. Yeah, for sure. I have one question. What's that? Can you make your little dipshit sing? Yes, they have a new song for the little dipshit. I don't think I like it as much as the old song, but, you know, they're changing things up. Okay, so I'm going to say it's you can sing new song worse than the other one. $50 is fair. Yeah. It's, it's so expensive. It's so expensive, Reese. I think it's I'm probably going to be the only person playing this until it like has a considerable drop in price. I mean, I might be tempted now that I hear that it's good and the next time there's a little bit more in the gaming budget. Right. For me personally. So let's see, like, what's the what's the future hold? Games for the next time. I've been playing Fez with my girlfriend. Yeah. Oh. 
Actually, no, she's my wife now. Sorry. I keep forgetting that. I have to adjust my whole brain. We've been dating for like six years or something. It's so ingrained in my in me to like say girlfriend when now it's like my wife. You just need to do like my wife drills. Get up in the morning and say my wife in the mirror like 25 no, times. to her face. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> just see how long it can do that till it's not true anymore. <laughs> oh. Also, we need to finish Aragami. We need to finish Aragami. Oh, yeah. That was good. It is good. It's also, like, super fucking intense, so we never want to play it, because it's, like, the opposite of chill. I have been playing, but I'm not quite ready to report on Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, that uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night indie game, which I am enjoying as I play it more. I think it is the, the beginning of the game. You just kind of have to trust it. You're like, oh boy, I hope this game is faithful and cool. I don't like its graphic style that much either. I am uh, At first I was like, oh, I hope this was worth it. But now that I've sunk some hours into it, five hours into it, um, I think it's really good. It's got a lot of fun and it is as close as we're going to get to a new game like that. And I'll have uh, more to say the next time we do one of these in three or four years. <laughs> I don't think it's going to take that long. Speaking of, before we go, I did want to ask you about, I don't think we ever talked about Resident Evil 2. I don't know if you ever gave us the update on Resi 2. Resident Evil 2 is an incredible game. I might have a little bit more articulate things to say about it if if I knew I was going to talk about it. But I would say that that is, it, it's a combo of... The kind of a lot more immersive and serious, like spooky storytelling that they put forth in Resident Evil 7, but actually making a fun game in there as well. And it's the sort of thing where I've played through the game a couple times now. I have I have 60 hours in Resident Evil 2. Damn. Because it, it, it's got to the point I enjoy the game so much and it rewards you for playing the game through as quickly as you can. I did a couple of like runs uh, on Twitch of just trying to get like beat the whole thing in under two and a half hours and just getting it down the whole experience down to that speed is an interesting prospect because the shooting is just so, so solid and so tight and the inventory management stuff. Do I really want to sacrifice four minutes to go get these two inventory slots that I can use for the rest of the game? It, it's really interesting. Um, I think as if you can stand spooky stuff, Resident Evil 2 is is a must play for anybody. It's, it's my ga- game of the year thus far, hands down. Excellent. I don't like spooky, so I'm not going to play it. I'll stick to blasting bugs and singing very badly and having just the absolute worst English voice acting imaginable. Like, I want to talk about the intro scene just a little bit on EDF. Sorry, like, we're never going to end this episode. I'm just going to keep talking. Um, But it's like, it's like your first day on the job as like a security guard and you're like being led around by another security guard in this facility this like EDF underground facility. And it's just like the fucking dumbest moment happens. You're like hearing like this shit happen over the radio. It's like, Oh my God, a giant bug. It's like, Oh, they ate him. And just like, <laughs> and the other, the fucking other security guard you're with, is just like, the, the soldiers love to joke around like that. <laughs> it's just like, 
<laughs> this fucking dumbass is just like, don't worry, nothing wrong is happening, and like soldiers are rushing past you with like guns and like tanks and shit. The fucking power goes out and like, warning, warning, the base is under attack. I'm sure everything will be fine. He's just, he's the most willfully stupid son of a bitch imaginable. And then, spoilers, uh, he opens a door and get eat- gets eaten by an ant. Well, that's the appeal of EDF, is that it's difficult to, like, correctly emulate something that's both bad and fun. Yeah. And EDF Agreed. successfully managed to, like, recreate the feel of, like, old shitty B-movies that anyone would only watch because they're watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 on top of it these days. But but the voice acting and, you know, a, the deluge, you go from ants to UFOs to kaiju, and it just keeps yeah. getting crazier and crazier while having that, like, cheesy... Did you tell you you love her? Or I, I, I fucked that up. Did you tell her you love her? It's like, shut up! <laughs> just like <laughs> fucking dialogue between the troops is just like I, I think that the intro section is like ex- especially strong because it's very heavily scripted which is unusual in my experience for a EDF game where it's like you you're basically you start off as a civilian and you like you get picked up by like this this company uh, of uh, EDF soldiers and there's like uh, a, you basically follow around this sergeant who's so badly voice acted I swear to god they must be like deliberately casting the, the most awful English voice actors they can like on purpose almost I, I swear it's worth playing just for like the highly questionable English alone in my opinion I think that's everything I think so too alright well thank you everyone for listening to our ramblings about video games it's fun. Play a video game. If you don't already, follow us on the Vigatwito Twitter. It is the yeah. same letters as the, the title. Video games are the worst.pinecast.co is the website. And uh, leave us a review just because it's funny that we have more reviews and are higher rated than uh, other people's podcasts that, uh, that tell me about them. Mm-hmm. And I want more. I'm I'm power hungry for 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 reviews. Excellent. You can find me at eight Alton eight on Twitter or at Alton Plays on YouTube, which is where we have all of the vods for the episodes. I finally got done uploading the last of the of the content to my channel. So if that's where you're listening to all of our podcasts, oh, finally you can listen to us talk about fucking the cheddar goblin now that that's up all right all right guys and i am at your very good bud on twitter and twitch i'm gonna start doing that again hell yeah bye farewell sweet podcast listeners but may your gamer girl bathwater always taste sweet Here are the names of our wonderful patrons for this month. Robert Miles, thank you. Oh, Jesus. Milkshakes are exploitative, bricks are vegan. Thank you. (laughs) Otherwise known as Conky. Thank you, Conky. Nine Citrine Winters Beautify the Heavens. Uh, And I have no idea who that is. I think they're new. But thank you. 
Nate M. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Higgins the Seagull. Thanks, Higgins. Nathan Melby. Thank you. Uh, Tholos. Thank you. Kyle Reederman. Thank you. Eggs. Thank you very much. Tom Devan, the Love video game eggs. man. What up? Dissonant Dragon. Thank you, Dis. Brandon Carey. Thanks. And last, but certainly not least, Jordan. What's up, Jordan? Thank you, Jordan. Jordan Jordan had the Night in the Woods guy on his podcast. Yeah, fucking He's just fuck like, me. Just like constantly getting celebrity. These, I know. He's just like getting all these big names on his podcast. A podcast about fucking game shows, which is just shocking to me. Like, as a millennial, I had no idea that there were people who cared so deeply about game shows. Every it's I would say, you know, they're pretty deeply ingrained with with the wide definition of game shows that's tossed up. Um such as <laughs> such as your episode, which is technically a game show. Yeah. There's a reality show. Ultimate gamer. Man, that was fucking next time we watch that together, Jordan, if you're listening, we need I need we need to do it live so that I can do live commentary of just how fucking garbage that that shit is. God. Man, it was really it was really fucking funny. Just like the shot in front of waiting for my third episode, Jordan. Yeah. You said I was booked. Have us both on to talk about that that garbage show. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that is it for this month. We'll see you later. Bye. We love you. Oh, Oh okay. Bye.